Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. All he is, it's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum, chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. Because I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? A movie was, by the way, reviewed by my mother. The review was, thank God you were on early because we couldn't watch any more of that thing. <laughs> wide berth <laughs> well this is a good scene The uh, we're watching the infamous dildo scene you got trolled you were in I shut you the were fuck in. up no I didn't say shit you got trolled they didn't even give him a script when he got the job. They gave him a bottle of Stoli and said, <laughs> learn this. Did you stumble on the joke? Talk about this movie for fart's sake. This is a... We, we, can, we can swear. This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and Intoxicated is a weekly drinking variety talk show podcast where I usually have my friends on and we have a couple drinks and talk about life. We have a returning guest this week on the podcast. A couple weeks ago, my good friend Heather was actually visiting, and of course, she agreed to come on the podcast. Now, this is Heather's second time on Intoxicated. Her first time was episode 46, and that's a great episode. I highly recommend everyone check that out. But this time around, we actually focus in on her weight loss surgery. So back in April, Heather had a gastric bypass, and since then, she has lost about 100 pounds. So it's a huge deal for Heather, and it's been quite the experience for her. So in this episode, she actually sheds light on the surgery itself, the many challenges around that, and that's including the massive lifestyle changes she's had to make, as well as the misconceptions about weight loss surgery in general. A big thing here is that people tend to think weight loss surgery is the easy way out. And I can tell you right now, having heard more from Heather about what she's been through since April, it is not the easy way out. There is a lot involved in undergoing a massive surgery like this. And so this episode covers a lot of that. So it covers what the actual surgery does, the side effects of the surgery, and we do also talk about the emotional side of things. So confidence is a big one. Uh, how has her confidence changed since losing the weight? And what issues are still there that she might have to work on? We did also touch on food addiction, which is a huge thing. And that is certainly something that Heather has faced head on undergoing this surgery. She can actually physically no longer indulge that addiction. So that's a really interesting aspect to all of this. This was a fabulous episode. This was very informative. So if you're somebody who is maybe thinking about a weight loss surgery, or maybe you know someone who is, 
This is a great episode to learn more. So I can't thank Heather enough for coming on and being so open about this. I had a great visit with her. She was down for just over a week. We hung out a bunch and it was amazing. So Heather is awesome and this episode is awesome. And if you are a returning listener of Intoxicated, you know all about our Patreon page. That is patreon.com backslash intoxicated. Do make sure to check that out if you are not already signed up. It's a great way to support the show. Lots of bonus content and different rewards that you can get on Patreon. You can also follow the podcast on social media. That is Facebook and Instagram, Intoxicated Podcast, on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated. You can shoot us an email as well at intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, feedback, or comments are definitely welcome. But most importantly, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And certainly leave a iTunes rating or review if you're so inclined. That's about all for now, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my person, the Christina to my Meredith, Heather. And we are rolling. Don't, oh. do, don't do that. I wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't good, though. <laughs> we are on the Intoxicated Podcast with a returning guest and one of my best friends ever, Miss Heather. Hi. Welcome back. Did we figure out which episode your last one was? 46? Uh, no, maybe it was in the 50s. It was February 15th. February. F- oh, exact date. Well, I just remember because I texted it to a friend so that he could listen to it. That's right. I I thought, yeah, it makes sense that you would be around there. Mm. Um, Episode 46. Holy Child, shit. There Child we go. free, not by choice. Yes, this, this is, is your... serious episode. That was a great episode. I loved that episode. That, yeah. like, it, it, turn- was- it turned into a therapy session. It was very cathartic. Yeah, and I feel like that it's that's what this it's like therapy for people who can't afford it that's a good way to put it yeah yeah although i am not a professional and do not take my advice disclaimer seriously legal disclaimer please do not i do not know what i'm talking about i just like talking about life and learning about what other people are going through things have changed quite drastically for you since you've last been on but let's start with a couple things what we are drinking, which is, I'm not drinking anything, bitches. I had a surgery today. <laughs> and I th- I didn't know, like, I kind of thought I might be allowed to drink, like, in the evening. And then they're like, nope, no booze or smoking for 24 hours. And so we had this night cut out for the episode. So I am not drinking, but you are. Yes. I'm not. You are s- drinking. I'm not supposed to be drinking either, but well, it's okay. Moderation. Yeah, moderation. Extreme moderation. Yes, extreme moderation. I'm drinking some basic white girl wine. Let's get the wine. We got to plug it. I don't even know what it is. It's a nice bottle. It is. It's like one of those German Rieslings. Listen, it was the... I got it because it was the cheapest bottle in the chilled section of the NSLC. So it is Dreams. Riesling. Riesling. Fucking Christ. Really? Yes. Riesling? Riesling. Riesling. I think. Okay, now I'm questioning myself. See what I mean? I always, I feel like I always used to say the other one and then I I wasn't saying it right. I think it's Riesling. Okay, so it is a German wine. Yep. And a very nice blue bottle. Super pretty. And it is 10% alcohol. Holy shit. Did you realize this was 10%? Most wines are 10% between 10 and 12%. Oh, that's right. Fuck. But no, the wine game for so long. (laughs) It's all I drink. It's all I can drink now. So I don't know why I saw 10%. And I was like, oh, my. <laughs> you go get drunk. 
<laughs> no, I'm. I'll just get tipsy. Well, so you can't drink and friendship origin. Go back to episode forty six and hear it because we're not going to retell our friendship origin story because mm. it's a long story. It is, a but long essentially, story. like if you are new to Heather, we met in university, pretty much. Yep. That's pretty much That's it. like the simplest way to explain yep. it. University. University, class, same and program. And then I just couldn't fucking get rid of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Heather has hung out with me all day today after surgery. Because I'm awesome. I, on a, in my last intro for this week's episode, which is in the future, last week's episode, <laughs> I was talking about how nervous I was for the surgery. It is now over. It was nothing. It was a piece so of cake. simple. So, so simple. So easy. I, I was freaking out over nothing. It just goes to show how powerful fucking anxiety can be. And then once you do something, like, I think it's for me just the fear of the unknown freaks me out in every situation. Yeah, but that's generally what anybody with anxiety mm-hmm. tends to worry about. So a couple things happened that really helped. Like I had a friend come with me for the whole process. Like while I was in the multiple waiting rooms, I had someone to talk to. So big shout out to Catherine. Catherine, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Seriously. Like I owe you a steak dinner because I was on and off crying about it and she was there. And then I knew one of the nurses that were in the OR with me and that really helped as well. That's awesome. So it's all good now. Now I'm just very like, on and off tired like I just had a two hour nap and felt really good but no booze for Sarah Sarah's drinking Diet Coke there's nothing wrong with that I'm on a Diet Coke kick lately I don't know what it is I I normally go for regular um but this time it is diet um but the reason that you can't drink a lot or Mm -hmm. shouldn't drink at all yeah um is that you had a big surgery yep back in April so I think, I feel like you might have mentioned it on our episode. I did. That you yep. were getting it. I'm pretty sure I did mention it. I was in the process of getting approved for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had bariatric surgery on April 26th where I had a gastric bypass. So my stomach is now 10% the size and it bypasses a good foot or more of my intestines. And Holy shit. Yeah, it was That's it was, wild to think about. Yeah, a whole foot. Yeah, it was uh it was a 2-hour surgery, so it was pretty intense. Yeah. And here I am like, I just had a surgery today. Mine was like probably maybe 10 minutes of actual surgery time. I don't even really know. I'm like, fuck, I can't and I wasn't cut open or anything. I can't imagine well, being I wasn't, cut open. I wasn't really cut open either. No, I have I have five little scars on my mm-hmm. stomach that they, because of my pale skin, it shows up pretty drastically, but, um, and then there's four down by my stomach and then one up under my bra. Oh, crazy. Right here. Crazy. So, and it was, it was, it's super minimally invasive because like this surgery has been around since the sixties and right. in that time they have made so many advancements with medical whatever you can say technology technology i guess yeah that instead of having to cut you open from like tits to belly button they literally just do five little incisions and they use these big tools that have like robotic arms on them and then that does all the work for it yeah they call it laparoscopic oh that's wild yeah because otherwise had i done it the normal way like the old-fashioned way my recovery time would have been like four or five months i still would be ridiculously ill right now but like i'm within two weeks of my surgery i was i was basically back to normal so 
Right. So when did you start thinking about actually doing it? Like it happened in April. Right. Yeah. Um, I went in two years. Two years I was I was in the, the waiting list for it. But I had been thinking about bariatric surgery probably since I was about 25. Because Crazy. I like I was always a big girl. Like even like when you and I first met, I was only a little bit bigger than I am now. But it was significant enough that I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I wasn't happy with the way I looked. See, that's wild to me because I feel like... Even when you were bigger, you were still very body confident. That's what it seemed like. Oh, because so I, can we dive into that? Well, I faked it till I made it. That's it's a good. This is a good follow up from from the last episode because that's kind of what we talked about too in a different sense. Yeah, I, but, I like. I knew that. Yeah. Okay. I, this is gonna sound so conceited, but I know I'm attractive. Yeah, you are. You're beautiful. But like. I know that I'm attractive to a certain group of people like who have no issues with bigger girls or don't mind a little pudge, you know, like, but I know that like 90% of the time I can get by on my personality alone. So, you know, my face, my face is Jealous. What's that like? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't think we can get into that right now. (laughs) Listen to the love and sex addiction episode. Oh, actually, no. I don't know. My my issues tend to sprinkle out through various episodes, but yeah, no. That uh, I've always saw you as somebody who would put on an outfit and rock it. Always but, saw but, you that way. But what you didn't see is that in like the dressing room, I'm trying to put on these clothes and I'm trying on 25 different outfits, and maybe right. out of those, one makes me look good, but the other 24 are making me cry. And like literally like just want to tear my hair out. Right. The dressing room is a fucking psychological chamber for women. Oh, it's a torture chamber is what it is. And even now being at the size I am where I can start shopping at normal stores. Like it's like I'm still at the same issue where I'm like, fuck, what? How am I supposed to wear this clothes? You know, but yeah, Yeah, well, let's I have a thousand questions, but I mean, we can we can I'm trying to start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning and I'll put throw in my questions maybe at the end it'll be like you tell the story and yeah and i can i'll do q a at the end who am i kidding here uh it did not go that way at all i just jumped in at any point i could anyways back to the episode yeah so two years ago i put my back out really badly like disclaimer i have three herniated discs in my back and i got a bad back thank you mom for those lovely genetics um oh is it genetic yeah well i mean my brother and my sister and my dad don't have any issues but my mom's got a lot of spinal issues so i think the degenerative disc disease that i have Mm -hmm. um my size for the majority of my life didn't help it but i think that i wasn't really given a very good starting chance with like my actual spine health so i have three herniated discs in my back um my husband and I went to Paris for a vacation. Yeah, My back was already twinging. It was already like as if anybody with back problems knows when I say my back was out already yeah. at this point and it hadn't recovered. And I flew to Paris and Mike and I were walking like five to ten kilometers a day and it was just nonstop start to finish. And then I was dumb. I wasn't doing any physiotherapy exercises that I should have done. I wasn't stretching afterwards. I'd go home back to the hotel and I'd literally sit on a couch and then wow. just like cry. I was I was popping pills for the entire time I was there. 
But it was like, I paid $3,000 to go to Paris and this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I didn't know when I was ever going to get back. So I just kind of trucked on through the pain. And then we came back and suddenly I couldn't walk. I literally couldn't walk. So I had this pain in my hip and it was like in my ass cheek shooting down my leg. I never had leg pain before. So it was a new and frightening experience. And it turns out I had bursitis in my hip and I had piriformis syndrome, which I still have issues with today. Um, but it was basically like, you know, like my husband had to help me shower. I couldn't, I couldn't walk without a cane. I couldn't walk more than 10 feet without falling. Like it was, it was the absolute lowest point in my life. And my doctor was like, if you reduce the load on your spine, you would see a significant improvement in the quality of your life. Right. And he said it really frankly. And I, you know, like at that point, like anytime a doctor was like, you need to lose weight, you're overweight, you're obese, yeah. you know, I would get spiteful well, and I, I would be like, I'm going to go like, eat a poutine. <laughs> I was going to say, and like, this is certainly no offense to like how you were before, but I, I was, doctors have brought it up in the past. Oh, and yeah. I feel like you were someone who always re- really tried like i, I tried you did and try failed, but i failed all the time i mean and i kind of want to bring up because i remember before your wedding you talked about wanting to lose weight for the wedding yeah so what are your thoughts on when people are in the state of mind where they want to lose weight but they have like a special event in mind i don't personally no i don't like that i don't think that that's a good way to do it you need to look at your life as a whole yeah you have that attainable goal what are you going to do when that goal is over and then it's just the rest of your life because did you end up losing weight for your wedding a little bit i was like 10 15 pounds right so like you're i was i was at that weight that i like for the longest time i was about 190 200 pounds in high school and then my first degree at Memorial University, I went up to about 205 to 10. Right. I totally packed on the freshman 15 at the Mount. Yeah. Jumped up to about so 230. And at 230, that's where I stayed for like six, seven years. Quite a while. A long time. Enough that it became like my new body shape, my new norm for mentally. Um, and then in the last five years, I ballooned up to 310 pounds. Cause when I've seen pictures of you from before I knew you, you were kind of like this. Yeah. This, this, the weight I am now that is what I weighed in high school. What's the weight now? Uh, like, well, it depends. Like everybody's scale is different, but I'm going to say somewhere between 205 and 206. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, up until now you've lost how much? I have lost a hundred pounds. Crazy. Yeah. hundred, hundred and a bit. You're literally a hundred pounds lighter. Yep. Yeah, I've lost I've lost a really skinny person. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so, if you think about it that like way. Snooky. I've lost a Snooky. You've lost a Snooky. <laughs> because she's like ninety seven pounds, so I've lost I've lost a Snooky. So, so the the Paris was kind of the literal was, breaking point. It was like this yeah, like I was just like I can't do this anymore. But I had to think like I had tried Weight Watchers at least six or seven times yeah, in like the did. last 10 years and I'd lose 10 or 15 pounds, but then I would just get demotivated or unmotivated, whatever that word is. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. really good with the English. Um, Better than me. I would get unmotivated and I would pack it back on plus extra. And it was just like, right. Like I'd go through these spurts where I would be motivated, but the spurts were just 
Like I just couldn't didn't stick. It didn't stick. Like my motivation is just non-existent. My willpower is even less so. See, and that's I love how my episodes kind of they come out serendipi- serendipitously. Because mm. like that ro- episode I did with Robin, we touched on motivation. Yeah, and it's something that like I feel like I struggle with it daily. Yeah, I struggle with it daily, and I look at people, you know, like her, who's she's juggling a lot of things. She has two kids. I look at people like you. Like, there's all these people I know in my life that have all this stuff going on. We all have so many various aspects, and I'm just like, how does anyone? I'm always curious as to how people find motivation because it's a fucking tricky thing. I wish I knew because I literally had to surgically give myself food intolerances slash food allergies. To be able to stop being such a overeating. What do you mean you had to give yourself allergies? So the way that gastric bypass surgery works, the surgery I had specifically is called a Ruin Y, R O U X E N Y bypass. And um, it basically dumps all of the food that I eat instead of going from my into my stomach. It goes straight in my intestines, so it doesn't digest as fast or as as thoroughly as what it would if you went through your normal stomach, right? Oh. Um, like, everybody's stomach has a valve. Like, it's this pouch, and it has this valve. It's called the pyloric valve. And your food goes in there. The valve is shut off. Your stomach churns it with acid, and it kind of digests it. It starts things breaking down, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. I literally just have like this robin eggs, not robin eggs, sorry, this chicken egg size pouch, which is my new stomach. And it's a hole that goes straight to my intestines. So when I eat, it just kind of, do you remember the movie Casper? Yes. You know, the ghosts literally eating all the food and just falling straight to the floor. That's kind of how my, my stomach works now. The food just goes straight in my intestine. So do you feel hungry all the time? No, I feel pretty satisfied. Like I'll eat small amounts and I'll feel satisfied for three up to three hours. Like it's it did it wasn't as successful for for curbing my hunger mm-hmm. as what it is for some people. Like some people they can go six, seven hours. They literally have to put a timer on to remind them to eat for like the first year after their surgery and then they would start to get their hunger signals back normally. Like as soon as my surgery was over within three weeks, my hunger signals were pretty much on par with what it was beforehand. Right. It's just, I'm satisfied with a significantly smaller portion. Crazy. So, and like, you know, I would throw up if I continued to overeat. So I think overeating is kind of this like silent problem going on. Like yeah. I'm going to be real, real about it. Like even in like my family, like, it's all about food. Like, you know, if there's ever a special occasion, it's food, 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 well, food, food. Well, that's our society. Dessert, too. dessert, like, and it's just like, eat, eat, eat. Rewards like, are with our food base. Yeah. Um, anything that upsets you, you you soothe yourself with food, with generally. Food. I'm such an emotion leader. Yeah. And like. it's just, you know, like, any celebration with anything that's out of norm is... Like a treat is to go out to eat or to go to a special restaurant or to try a new dessert. Like it's the whole fucking society is food based. And when you have to remove yourself from that equation, it's startling how much you realize that. Also, too, it's like I'm not usually like I mean, I'm pretty good with portions. I don't eat massive meals like unless I'm absolutely starving. Like today I ate a big breakfast because 
like I hadn't eaten all morning. Yeah, but that even um, wasn't that huge of a breakfast. No, but like that would be that was the perfect amount for me. Anything larger than that would have been too much. Yeah, like like a lumberjack breakfast that would be too much. Yeah, like that would be a massive. And most portion. restaurants serve massive servings. Yeah, I and think so. It's, it's actually racist. like training people to eat all this. Yep. I mean, it's the whole like if you see the size of fast food ten years ago to the size it is now, or the size of fast food in the eighties. Like a, a large soft drink in mcdonald's was 12 ounces and now it's 36 right so like it's it's crazy but yeah like so back to my surgery it because i don't have that valve anything Mm -hmm. that gets dumped down there my body reacts to super fast so anything that's too high in sugar um my body my pancreas kind of loses its mind if there's a high sugar content okay and it spikes my insulin and then my sugars crash and I, it's kind of like a diabetic reaction, but not as severe. They call it dumping syndrome. Literally, like, I'm not at risk of shitting my pants. Like, I don't know why they call it dumping syndrome. Do you have to just go to the bathroom super quick? No, it's like, so my nurse practitioner, who's the person who's been following me after my surgery, like for my checkups and stuff, she basically put it as this. It is the most profound sense of unwellness you will experience post-surgery. Some people can, like, they talk about it that it feels like almost like you're having a heart attack because it causes the sugar spikes cause heart palpitations. Like, I call it a flop sweat. I don't know what anybody else could, but like, you break out into this cold sweat that happens all over your body and it just like, sweaty. I've gotten... Like, dumping syndrome can happen to people with normal stomachs, too. It's rapid gastral emptying or something. I don't know. That's crazy, because I feel like I've experienced that. Yeah, and it's just, like, this gen- like profound unwellness and, like, nausea. Like, you yeah. just feel like like you're on the precipice of wanting to throw up. Yeah, I have that. Um, and the worst for me, like, the way that it, it shows itself for me is I want to th- go to sleep. I get oh. I get so tired. It's almost like I cannot keep my eyes open. Um, I had a bite of Mike's cheesecake last week when we were in PEI, and it had like Rolo pieces and caramel, so it was just really sugar laden, and I shouldn't have eaten it. And within ten minutes, Mike's friends were like, "Are you okay?" Because like my head was starting to lull down and roll oh. down, and, like I was two seconds from just falling asleep at the table. Now in like thirty minutes. I was great. I was back to normal. But for those 30 minutes, I was super exhausted. I was nauseous to the point where I just was so unwell. So for me to eat a piece, a bite of cheesecake, that's my reaction. So basically it's a food aversion therapy. Like it's, or it's aversion therapy. It's creating aversions. The surgery itself created aversions for you. Yeah. So like somebody who's addicted to sweets and junk food if you get sick every time you eat it, eventually you're not going to want to eat it anymore. Yeah. Like this, I've, I've figured out what my limits are. Like when, yeah. you, when, when you were in napping, I had two of your little chocolate bars. Okay. That's my limit. But like, if this was me last year, I'd have half that fucking bowl gone before right. you even woke up. You know, like it would just be like, just get in me. Question for you. Wow. Um, before you had the surgery and like, obviously you're, talking to doctors and stuff um did they ever did you ever go to therapy or anything about the actual like emotions behind eating like the i don't want to say eating disorders because i don't think you had an eating disorder no no but like you know the overeating the emotional eating no you never had any of that none of that so the way that it works in ontario which is where when i have where i had it done 
I had to go to an orientation where they basically very bluntly said, this will change your life. Like this will change the way that you live your life forever. But it will work. Are you still interested? No, they don't even say it'll work because honestly, there's there's a 50% failure rate. I could gain my weight back eventually. Um, It's really going to like, this is where I have to start applying some willpower and some motivation this is just they they always call it this is a tool this was a tool to help me on my journey to become a healthier person but but it's still up to you it's up to to me to to continue on and to to finish the journey basically um but yeah they they do the orientation and then when you say yes i'm still interested you go to various appointments and you get a bunch of medical tests done and make sure that you're healthy enough for the surgery. Cause a lot of these people that like I was 310 pounds, but some of these people are 600 and 700 pounds when they're getting the surgery done. So there's a lot of medical risk. Um, mine was pretty quick. The only reason that it took me two years is cause I got pregnant in between and then miscarried. So it kind of put a pause on the whole journey. Um, but once like I once the miscarriage happened and I was back to normal it was like boom 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 I was in and and done so um I had to see the nurse practitioner a couple of times to basically talk about my overall health then I had to see a dietitian uh twice mm. and that was to talk about my relationship with food oh okay so that's kind of maybe where I came in yeah play. but like the thing is she's like you are a very intelligent woman you understand good nutrition yeah you are so and she said she's like you know what the healthy food is you know like what your macronutrients should be you know that you need to eat a good combination of protein carbs and um starches like um whatever like like fats sorry good fats like good fats good fats protein and good carbs i feel like i need to educate myself on just the basics of a good diet like yeah and i do understand that it's balance yeah, and I, and I certainly balance. don't have that balance right now. Fuck, I just got to do it. It, it just, uh, as you get older, it becomes so much more important. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And, and honestly, you're like impenetrable. You're like, oh, whatever. I'm young. Yeah, and your stomach Ugh. can basically handle everything. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, God, what I would do to my 20 year old self if I could just talk to her for a minute. I was going to say, yeah, what, what, would you, what would you say to her? Put Let's the get, fucking spoon get, down. Ah! You're causing nothing but trouble. It's really tricky because we live in this kind of culture of indulgence in a way. And, you know, I've I've experienced it like, you know, as someone who's not big but has put on weight this past year, like the little things when I try to do if I'm out and I make a comment like, oh, well, I could get this salad thing. It might be better for I'd never get a salad, by the way. This is (laughs) hypological. Hypological? Hypothetical. That's the word. Um, I had a surgery today, so yeah, that's your excuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but like, I'll, I'll say something, and then a friend, I guess, a friend looking at me and seeing that I'm not that overweight or that in that much trouble will say something like, "Well, well, one one uh, bad meal couldn't hurt." Yeah, but if it's one, every meal is going to be, exactly. oh, one bad meal can't hurt. You're just setting yourself up for a. a Oh God! What word am I looking for? A routine, like you're looking for, like you're just creating yeah. a cycle. It's creating a cycle because you're just going to keep making excuses, and you're just going to keep everything is going to be a treat. Yeah, you know, like 
today I ate that breakfast routine. Not the best choice. Uh, not the most healthy breakfast. But I was like, oh, I'm just going to have surgery. I need a treat. And it's just like I do that a lot with myself. You're right. Like it is. I used to think of emotional eating as only when I'm sad. But really it is truly like when I'm really happy or if I feel I've accomplished something, I feel the need to treat myself to some shitty food. And the other way around too, when I'm down... I feel the need to do the same thing because yep. I'm sad. So it's like straight up emotional eating. Oh, it's ridiculous. And they're making a fucking mint off of it like these companies are. Yeah. And also, too, it's like the whole, oh, you're sad. You know, you're going through a breakup. Let's bring you ice cream and chocolate. And yep. like just it's just a lot. And I think what we got to do as friends of people who are trying to lose weight or better their lives is not argue that. Yeah, that not push that any that, further. Like, um, my goal weight is not what people are expecting. Um, my, what? my goal weight. Oh, your goal weight. My goal yeah, weight. Yeah, your goal weight is what I am. Right yeah. Now. So I'm five foot eight. My healthy weight range, according to the BMI scale, which disclaimer, I understand there's a lot of controversy about BMI. You know, there's large boned people. There's small boned people and not this scale can suit everybody so my scale according to the bmi is between 132 pounds and 164 pounds right so i of course like my my obvious goal is to get to 164 and not be considered overweight anymore like i'm at least i'm now considered obese class one um, I was morbidly obese, which is obese class three for, right. yeah, until I lost all this weight. Um, but once I get to 164, I'd like to continue losing and to be about 150 pounds. Oh, I thought it was 140. Between, okay. So like I have a scale. It's between 145 and 150. Okay. So like there's a, like, gotcha. and the thing is when you're that small, five pounds makes a difference. So like anywhere yeah. at that point if i'm when i'm comfortable like if i get to that point and i look like skeletor i'm gonna be like okay i'm gonna start having coffee cream in my coffee right and i'm gonna start eating full fat cheese and i'm gonna start but like on. do it mo- in moderation yeah yeah, yeah. but wanna... like i'm gonna like if i get to the point where my weight is too low and i look like i'm i need hamburger i'm going to increase my calorie intake so that i gain some of the weight back right um but i'd like to just see you know, personally, I want to be able to get to that point and just say, I did it. Yeah. But my husband thinks that I'd be perfectly healthy looking at 185 pounds. And I'm like, no, because I'll still be like 25 pounds overweight considered. Like, I just don't want to be that. I want to be what is considered through medical science, a healthy right. weight that's going to give me the best start. Like, it's going to it's gonna make it look good and feel good. But yeah, like being a healthy. Like they don't. They don't say that this is a healthy weight just because it's a just a a nonsense number that they picked out of the sky. This is based on science. Like this is best for your heart. This is gonna be right. best for your for the rest of your your systems and and all that shit. So right. like I I want to get to that point where I'm I'm considered to be optimal health. Yeah. Like I'm, and also too like for people looking in, you have not experienced it. You have not made this life-changing decision, so it's probably easy for you to go accept the bare minimum or accept the standard that's a little lower. Yeah. Whereas you, you've you've gone through the surgery. You made that choice. You're changing your diet for good. Yeah. Like, you are making actual hardcore daily life changes. This is a lifestyle change. This is not a diet. 
Yeah. No, this is completely this like, is and complete like, I can never, overhaul. And like, I can never say, oh, I'm going to have a cheat day because I will literally just get so sick. There like, shouldn't be such thing, really. Yeah. Like, so like when we went out for, for breakfast slash brunch today, yeah. like, it took me a good 45 minutes to dissect that menu. You were looking at it ahead of time before you even got there. Yeah, to make sure that there was something that I could order. And even then I was like, it's iffy. So like I ordered a hot turkey sandwich, but I made sure that I didn't have any gravy on it. And I didn't eat, I think I had half of a slice of the bread. You had gravy on the side though, didn't you? I had gravy on the side. But you could limit that. Yeah, so like it was, it was like so two, t- by the time I was done, I had two tablespoons of gravy. Right. You know. Instead of it being like a cup of gravy, like drenched in bread. Yeah. And I think that that's also important. Um, don't, we talked about this at brunch, but don't be afraid to ask staff to be, to be specific. Yep. And my, um, cause like, listen, like if people have allergies, they're probably getting that same. No, exactly. Request. Um, so. so like my, my doctor gave me this, this card that I have in my wallet and it says, that I had a Ruin Y gastric bypass oh. to please accommodate me by ordering off the children's menu or the seniors menu. Oh, because that's it's, good. I didn't realize that was, that's what it was for. Yeah. Well, it also shows like if I get in a car accident and paramedics need to see, it's like a medical alert bracelet to oh. say, you know, like, um, like I can't be, uh, in, I can't have a feeding tube ever. So really? Oh, yeah. well that makes sense. Yeah. Because it would literally like poke right through my stomach. Um, that's so crazy. Yeah, there's some medical things that I can't do anymore. Like, there's a lot of limitations. But, yeah, so... Wait, what were we talking about? I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, Just, like, the, the, the eating out at restaurants and requesting... Yeah, so, like, but things. the trouble it, with children's menus? It's a grilled, shit. It's a grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> or it's pasta chicken or chicken strips and fries. And I'm just like, I just want a good, lean source of protein with some vegetables. So has your eating out gone down do you yes. eat out last now holy shit yes yeah like we've we've increased it a fair bit in the last couple of weeks right because we're i'm learning what i can and can't eat because it's a relearning process like there's some stuff i can handle and some stuff i can't handle um so mike and i are rediscovering what works and a lot of the time he'll order something and i'll just eat a bit off of his plate uh-huh. and it's it's good for him too because he's making healthier food choices and that's it and he's eating uh, doing a little bit more portion control because you're sharing yeah so and he's lost 30 pounds I'll since we started yeah yeah so he's kind of in a bit of a stall right now um but that's because he sneaks junk food when i go to bed <laughs> a little shit oh no really yeah i'll go to i'll come downstairs and i'll open the garbage and it'll just be like party mix and i'm like oh honey come on really and he's yeah. like you know he's like i had the munchies i smoked a joint oh i mean it ha- i think this is a tricky thing because like when i'm thinking of <sighs> people on weight loss journeys like i think that there is a scale Mm. Um, you were at the high end of that scale. Oh yeah. So you, I feel like you had to do something like this. Yeah. Or I was to gonna have, I was gonna have a heart attack. I feel like if you're somebody who's like in the medium or like even the lower end of the scale, like oh. I don't necessarily believe in depriving yourself, but I do believe in control and all of that. And I think that's very emotional, and you got to do a lot of work to do that. Yep. Um. Like, why are you like? For me, it's like, why are you filling voids with food? No, I know. Yeah. Like, why do you instantly go to food, booze, or sex when you're feeling... Like, those are the three things that I go to if I'm feeling stressed, down, like... um, So, like, 
it's important to like I don't necessarily I just see these diets all the time and I just kind of roll my eyes like these people doing these diets that last like oh, a couple fads. months and then they're done. They're fads. And I just don't necessarily believe in fad diets. Like I feel like my sister, oh Mary, if you're listening to this, shout out. Um like is just very smart about a balanced diet and calorie counting. That's really all she does. So she doesn't do these like keto no, and diets or like she doesn't do any of these fat diets. She's just literally like is just smart about food. She doesn't yeah. deprive herself. She'll treat herself every now and then. She does still drink, but she also runs. So like it's like a complete it's a balance. balance. It's checks and balances. And I totally freaking believe in that. And I think like it's tough to get there. But once you get there, it's like a routine, right? Like you just got to start doing things. Yeah. You become your, yourself it becomes your new norm. So. So for the hospital, they they don't recommend that we join Weight Watchers. They don't recommend that we do like low carb or anything like that. They do what is CICO. Calories in versus calories out. CICO. Yeah. So it's basically it is the most simplified science version. You eat less calories than you expend. You will be in a calorie deficit you will lose weight. There will be stalls. There will be weeks where you won't lose anything. There'll be weeks where you might gain a pound because your body is unused to you doing this to itself. And it's right. it's an equilibrium. But scientifically speaking, if you eat less than what you expend, if you eat less energy than what you expend, you will lose the weight. It might take a longer time. Like, yeah, so I lost 100 pounds in six months. That is not normal. Like I went from yeah, eating it was a t- pretty drastic. I, I went from eating eight to ten thousand calories a day to eating Holy barely shit, eight to ten thousand. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was a I was a tubby. I didn't realize it was that many calories. Yeah, everything. Like I would be eating two thousand calorie meals, and then I would be eating like thousand calorie snacks. Like everything yeah, the was snacks are the kicker. Yeah, feel. like I was just constantly shoving the shit in my face. Yeah, you know, like when I wasn't playing video games, I was eating. You know, and I was yeah. eating bad food, deep fried food, ordering out like it was it was tough. So if you eat less yeah. than what you expend, it will happen eventually. And I am now eating about twelve hundred calories a day. Right. That's- so and but the thing is, like when you're eating that much and your deficit is that high, the pounds pretty much just run away from you. And then your body starts to you need more energy. So like. I'm now at the weight where 1,200 calories only puts me at about a 500 calorie a day deficit. Like for me, I could go because I'm pretty sedentary. Like I don't, I don't work out very much. Like I walk, but that's about it. Do you want to talk about what happened? We were walking home here. Uh, yeah, that's a non-scale victory that I'm pretty proud of. Let's fucking talk, talk about it because this was a moment. So, so over the course of our friendship, what have you known about me? I'm a fast walker. You have a rocket lodged firmly between your ass cheeks <laughs> and it is like, <laughs> I have to run a fucking marathon to keep up with you. And many times have we gone out and said, you Sarah, know, slow down. Sarah, can you please fucking slow down? Sarah, yeah. where's the fire, Sarah? Yeah, me and Kurt will be walking and you'll be fucking half a kilometer ahead of us and i'm just like jesus christ yeah but today we were walking from the bus to my apartment there's a little bit of a hill and um now there's listen let's we should test this out on a time that i'm not post-surgery yeah, you're you had a surgery today so i mean this the cards were stacked against you a little bit a little already bit. so but you were walking and I was walking behind you. Yeah. And you actually told me that you were like, can you slow down? I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this. 
can you slow down? And like, Heather was just like, what? I know. Mind was blown. I was like, can we please like document this? Because it should have been documented. I should have 12 that. years that we've been friends. Has it been 12 years? I'm not sure. It's been a lot. 2006. 2006. 2006. Oh, yeah, that's right. 2006. Yeah. End of 2006. So 2006 to 2018. Close to 2018. Yeah. So 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And I have never walked faster than you. So And then I, I said, I was like, I don't know if I'm more... Uh, disappointed with myself or just really proud of you <laughs> I think I think you can be both combo of both I, I think, think I think you can be disappointed in yourself and be as equally proud of me at the same time well they told me no no um crazy don't exert yourself too much in the first week that's what yeah. they said so anesthetic does a job to you it's uh like I was I was pretty out of it for the first week like and I after my surgery I wasn't even allowed to lift anything for 10 more than 10 pounds for the first four weeks. That's wild. Well, I keep saying wild a lot. I've but been be, like they literally rearranged my inside. So like there was a chance that I could have a hernia. So Fuck. it's all good now. But all yeah. Now. Craziness. So what about the surgery itself? Because I just had one. It was a wussy surgery, but I was a big fucking baby. I want to know going into this big surgery. How were you mentally? Were you someone who got stressed out about it? I was this, like, if you could see me right now, I'm holding my fingers maybe half an inch apart. I was this close to just standing up and saying, I've changed my mind. I'd like to Really? Be, I'm going to be fat for the rest of my life. I didn't I'll, realize you were so nervous. I'll risk a heart attack. That's fine. And walk away. Talk about that. What was the, were you someone like how, so because when you got I your was, surgery date, how much time, when you got the date, how much time did you have before the surgery? Three weeks. Oh, that's not a lot. And it was holy shit, but not even that. So, yeah. So back to the whole like I had my dietitian appointments, I had my medical appointments. Then I saw a social worker, and she was considered to be my psychology appointments. Although a social uh-huh. worker being a psych evaluator is a little questionable to me, Probably but not. It's not the worst, but not no, the best. it's not the best. But whatever, I dealt with it, and um, I got approved. I saw the surgeon, uh, April first. He weighed me. Got my final weight at three three oh eight was my final weight. It was actually like three ten, but he took two pounds off for clothes and boots because he measured me in my winter clothes. Um, and then that literally stuff matters. I don't care what people say. Yeah, and then I, 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 I strip naked when I weigh myself. So do I, and I do it first thing in the morning after I pee. Yeah. Um, so then I had to go meet the surgeon and he was, I had to sign my consent form to say, yes, you can cut me open and rearrange my insides. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then I was like, so what's time frame are we looking at? He's like, it could be between, he's like, you, you will have at least three weeks, right? but it could be as upwards to 12 weeks before you have your surgery. Two days later, I get a call and they're like, we've had a cancellation. It's, oh. it's in, it's in two and a half weeks. But before your surgery, um, obese people tend to have a very fatty liver and the liver is right on top of your stomach. So it gets in the way of, of when they're trying to do the surgery. So they put you on what they call a liver shrinking diet and it is a shake only. So like, oh, I remember seeing nutritional shakes only. So for three weeks, 21 days, you have four of these nutritional shakes and you have no food. Oh no my God. solid food. How was that for you? I cheated horrendously. Did you cheat bad? Not horrible. So the first, I could only go on it for 18 days because I got called to go in early. 
Um, and the doctor was like, yeah, 18 days is fine. That should be enough for you to, to shrink your liver enough. Um, I, the shakes tasted fine. They were kind of salty. It was weird, but it's because they have basically everything that you need nutritionally, like in a powder form. Um, there's no way it could be good. Like they weren't, they weren't horrible, but like the first four days were the absolute worst because like I was just fantasizing about food because like my mouth just missed chewing stuff. It's like the oral fixation. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, once you reach about day three, day four, your body goes into ketosis. So your hunger tends to drop drastically. Dang. Yeah. So like I would drink one of these shakes and I would be say satisfied for about an hour, hour and a half. And then the hunger pain would come. And then all I'd be doing would be just be looking at the clock and like, when can I have my next shake? When can I have my next shake? And it got so bad. I knew in advance that I was going to be a fucking horrendous Satan spawn about it. Did did other people around you notice? I I gave everybody a warning. So Lindsay and Brogan, (laughs) they didn't come around very often. Lindsay would text me and I was really short with her. I'd be like, can't talk. Hungry. I don't remember talking to you much during that time. No. Other than getting Snapchats every now and then. Yeah. And then... Mike moved my computer up from downstairs into my room. Mike moved into the guest room. <laughs> but at my request, at oh. my no, at my request okay. because I knew our marriage might not survive those 3 weeks because I was literally demon. I was a demon. I was so angry and I didn't care that it wasn't his fault. I was just taking it out on him. Fuck. Like and I knew it because like I was about to make this most radical decision of my life, this change. And like I was saying goodbye to absolutely every pleasurable thing I knew mm-hmm. aside from, you know, sex, you know, because this is pretty much it. The, the two most pleasurable things in my life were sex and food. And I was giving it up. So then the other one must have. Yeah, no, because he, he. Well, no, he. I didn't want to touch him. I was just angry. And I was right. just like, yes. I was like, nope. Um, And also, Mike, and our sex life kind of took a hit when I started when I gained a lot of that weight because I just. I was I had a lot of body image issues I didn't want him to see me like Mm. we couldn't do a lot of positions because honestly when you're that big it just doesn't fit so like it's just sex was really unfulfilling the last couple of years um it has since (laughs) gotten exponentially better Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Um, You're getting on top now? Uh, yeah, I can't. Well, I still have a lot of hip problems from, from my back. So I do get on top, but it's not as enthusiastic as I'd like it to be. <laughs> you get there though, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'll get there. It's, it's going to take some work. But yeah, so then like for those three weeks, Mike moved into the other room and I stayed in my room on my computer and I played video games for three weeks and fantasized about food. And twice, oh, oh my God. we went to a movie and I had a chicken wrap. Yeah. And that was with like the first five or six days of me starting this liquid diet so i was like it's early on if i cheat it's not going to affect me too badly Do they tell you when you start the liquid diet that like because okay like this is my thing about rules that like medical professionals give give you it's like there's no way for them to know for sure no no like they're not they're not watching me 24 7 so i think they realize that some people are going to do this um they can't tell me what would be acceptable to cheat with um Uh. so it was up to me that I figured a chicken wrap would be. Somewhere. I mean, you've been rocking the chicken wraps a lot. I've noticed uh, chicken is my new favorite meat. Chicken's great. Um, I hated chicken before my surgery. 
Did you really? Yeah, I wasn't what? a huge chicken eater. I was what? like steak and sausage and pork and all that stuff. And now it's chicken, 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 chicken. Um. So yeah, then I Mike w- cooks chicken breasts for his lunches to either make a sandwich with or just to eat a chicken breast like straight up, just yeah. like a ch- cold boneless skinless chicken breast. Yeah. Sorry, my voice cracked like I was going through puberty and I was a boy. Um. See that to me that's. I like chicken, but I need seasoning and I need. Oh no no! Like he 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 salts and peppers it, or he puts like Mrs. Dash on it. It tastes delicious. And like in the middle of the night, one night I woke up and I was just I was I was so done. Like it was four days before my surgery, and I snuck down and I just devoured two chicken breasts, and it was the most satisfying thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh! I can imagine. And then for four days after, right before my surgery, I didn't do anything, but I lost twenty pounds in, in eighteen days. Because you, well, I was, it was a 900 calorie supplement schedule. So yeah, 20 pounds. I went from 308 to 288, um, had my surgery bumped up to like 295 because they fill you with fluid like nonstop and like you're filled with gas and you're constipated and it's terrible. And these are the things that nobody really tells you about until afterwards, you know, it's like, I was honestly like, I was like my kingdom to be able to fart right now. I know you laugh now, but like they, for them to, to make sure that, that the seal is watertight because like food's going in, you don't want food to leak out into the rest of your body. They fill you with gas to see if there's any air bubbles that pop through. breathing in gas? Like it's no, they're literally like, they've got this, this gun in your stomach. Oh my God. And they're just pumping you full of gas. So like my stomach was literally like this big and it was like somebody put a beach ball like you know those tropicana bottles back in the day where it was literally like somebody has it's like you know skinny 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 big ball skinny 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 that's what i looked like for the first few days after my surgery and it took about three days before the gas kind of like dissipated and like once i started farting like you could hear me in the house like mike was there and i was like (laughs) oh my god thank you it was just like god that must have felt good though oh and like (laughs) it's embarrassing but literally like i'd lift my ass cheek off this couch and it would be like a 25 second release of air <laughs> and like, it's not a normal fart where it's like brrr. it was literally just like <laughs> just air escaping my body through oh my, my bum. god yeah and then you know once things started moving and you know i was pooping normally and all that fun stuff i lost eight pounds in the first week and then I've been going pretty much, it was anywhere between three and a half and four and a half pounds a week up until about a month ago. Now I'm back. Now I'm down to like one to two pounds a week. So um, things are tapering off and I have a feeling like my next 50 pounds, which is what, how much I have left to lose. That might take as equally long as it took me to lose the first hundred. So right. yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm a little terrified because people that with this surgery, gain weight back after the first 18 months yeah so this is what they refer to as the quote-unquote honeymoon phase the first 18 Mm. months is your absolute best weight loss you will lose it like without even trying so it's because you can't eat anything like Like you you're you physically just don't feel like you don't feel like eating more like and like i noticed it with you like when you're when you eat you're just like yeah i'm done yeah i am like there's like a definite you know where some people like push it they're like i'm full but i'm gonna eat more i can do that and i have done that recently where like i'm full but i'll eat a couple of extra bites but then mm. i regret it and i yeah. feel so gross afterwards so i'm really like mentally trying to to 
change that behavior but that's behavior ingrained in me since before the surgery too that like oh finish what's on your plate take those three extra bites you know or like Um, it's so good and it'll taste just as good but like i'm i'm learning that those three extra bites while they might taste good they're making me feel gross so the yeah you remember the times you need to start like remembering the times that made made you feel bad yeah i don't want to feel that way again exactly so. yeah it's like when you had food poisoning that one time it totally turned you off from like eating some type of food and you know what i find it is too like it's not even necessarily the food that gave you food poisoning like for me like i had a poppy seed salad and a tuna sandwich one time and got sick that night and that's not what gave me the food poisoning i don't think because like it's actually usually the stuff you eat the day before that gives you food poisoning but because yeah. it was the last thing i ate it totally before getting off. sick i was just like not 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 happening no i know Never i want to eat them again there's certain things like that that i just that just turn me off completely and that's another thing about this surgery your food tastes and your food changes ah, um lo- loved eggs before yeah. the surgery um if I eat a hard-boiled egg, I will vomit. But you like fried eggs, right? Still. Fried eggs I can do, kind of. It's iffy. It's a 50-50 chance. Hated chicken before my surgery. Love chicken now. Like, gimme, gimme chicken Love dinner. Chicken. Love turkey. Um, Wasn't a huge poultry fan until after my surgery. But, like, it's just, like, my, my, my tastes have changed completely. Hated, um, loved pork before my surgery if i eat a pork chop i kind of just like i'm just like it's like chewing rubber to me like your your actual taste buds change a little bit huh yeah i i have a feeling things will go back to a little bit more normal after the first 18 months but yeah like eggs and pork are not not a they don't agree with me and like that's crazy yeah um going so like once you have the surgery so you mentioned about the calorie in, calorie out. Yeah. But you also said that they don't recommend calorie trackers or calorie. No, no, they do. They do. Oh, they do. They okay. don't recommend any like weird Weight diets. Watchers, like incentive ones. Yeah. Like they okay. don't like Weight Watchers is the closest to a lifestyle change, but still Weight Watchers talks about how, you know, you can still eat as long as you're within your points, you can eat ice cream for dinner. They totally don't want you doing that. Right. Okay. Like, they want you to eat a set amount of calories, but they want it to be in a balanced way with protein, carbs, and fats. Right. I have to I have to eat a certain amount of protein per day. Um, protein, okay. Yeah. So you get that in chicken? I get that in chicken. I usually drink a protein shake every day because I can't, my, my stomach just doesn't, it can't hold the volume. Right. So I, um, I, Premier Protein makes these little prepackaged chocolate, protein shakes that have 30 grams of protein in it okay i usually have one of those a day like before my like in the first couple of weeks of my surgery i was drinking like three of them a day just to get my protein in um yeah like for my height i'm supposed to eat like 75 100 grams of protein and i'm lucky that with food i can eat 60 so i i supplement it and i'll probably continue to supplement it forever so do they give you a strict diet or did they just give you the fundamentals to they they just they don't they don't tell me that anything's off limits they just say you can try it, but you uh, might feel profoundly unwell after eating it. So it's kind it. of a, a thing you got to figure out yourself. Yeah, in it's a weird it's way. super trial and error. They give me they gave me a, a menu like a basic. Oh, okay. These are things that are generally gen generally well tolerated. Give these a try first. Right. After like six to eight weeks after your surgery, start slowly reintroducing food that you normally like to eat, but this time. Maybe don't eat it deep fried. 
pan fried, you know, in in Pam, like lightly sprayed canola oil or something, or instead of having something that's like um, covered in a cream sauce. Mm-hmm. Have the sauce on the side and dip your fork in it. Like they give I you never, those. Yeah, because when you got the gravy on the side today, I didn't like. I when I when you did that, I was like, well, what difference does it make? But then I realized, like, no, that that makes total sense because you have control over it. How much I'm going to have? Yeah. And like anytime I get something that has sauce, I'm like, can I have the sauce on the side? Or if it's dressed previously, I'll say lightly dressed. You know, lightly like, dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm turning into a plain Jane, unfortunately, which sucks because I I loved condiments and I loved sauces before the surgery, and now it's like tzatziki sauce is pretty much what I eat mostly. So that's good though. Oh, it's delicious. So what are the things that now not to rub salt in the wound, but the foods that you've realized can be no more in your life or significantly limited? So sausage, and also um, the thing that bonded our friendship, coffee. Coffee, yeah. Well, I can have coffee. It just has to be decaffeinated. But it's not like what you used to be. No. So I'm on a caffeine-free diet for life. There, Okay, so there is like things that I can never, ever have again after surgery. Carbonated drinks. Mm-hmm. That Ca- sucks. Caffeine is, there's a little wiggle room. I can have it occasionally, but... I cannot be a heavy caffeine user because it could cause an ulcer Mm -hmm. and in my stomach, an ulcer would be horrendously bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Also it's dehydrating and in after bariatric surgery, hydration is one of the key pillars next to protein intake. They really want you to stay hydrated. Make sure you eat your protein and you get your protein in and then make sure that you're drinking your water. So like water so important. I have to drink at least 64 ounces. They'd like me to be up to like 90 if possible. Um, and it's just like caffeine tends to be a diuretic. Now, I mean, there's studies that show caffeine is not as bad of a diuretic as people used to assume. So like if I have it occasionally, it's not that bad. But yeah, no, no, ca- no carbonation. So no more pop. No more beer, no more cider, no Which more Which is champagne. crazy because for all those things, I always knew you as the Pepsi girl. Diet Pepsi. You loved loved, loved Diet my Pepsi. Pepsi. Had a sip of flat Diet Pepsi a couple of weeks ago. Nearly threw up in my mouth. It was so chemically tasty. So this is like so crazy to me because it's like you you know that you used to love this thing. I know. And now I'm and looking like, at it. Physiologically, things have changed and you don't like that thing anymore. But I think if you gave up Coke or like if you pop. gave up pop for three months I know, I really if you should. tried to sip it it would just taste like liquid I, chemicals too. you know i've done it i've gone on and off with pop and i still fucking love it okay but maybe i just haven't gone long enough it might be that yeah it was it was just like it tasted really gross to me yeah. um ginger ale i'll still drink flat diet ginger ale but that's just because to me it's very soothing like you know like if your stomach is upset like the ginger even though i know there's probably very little ginger in actual ginger ale but um yeah so i'll I'll like flatten the shit out of it and drink it flat but um what else alcohol i'm okay Uh, so the the explain the alcohol thing well so according to there's no real research to back it up but incidental evidence from the hospital that did my surgery they have noticed that a there is this percentage of people who have had bariatric surgery who have been addicted to food and can no longer satisfy that addiction they have had a transference of addictions so instead of being addicted to food they become addicted to alcohol they become addicted to drugs 
Um, Sex shopping. Yeah, this was the list they gave me. Oh, my God. Drugs, alcohol, promiscuous sexual activity. And that's the word they use, promiscuous sexual activity. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, specifically promiscuous. Yeah, I know. And then shopping. Online shopping. There's one girl who literally would wake up and spend $2,000 before she even got out of bed on her phone. Jesus Christ. The shopping I can understand because like now that I can shop in normal clothes, normal clothes stores, I'm like, I want everything, but I'm, I'm reining it in. So, um, because honestly replacing my wardrobe has been a fucking nightmare. So let's talk about that side of things because that you mentioned you had body image issues like when you were bigger. Yeah. Which boggles my mind because I never really saw that looking at you. So that obviously must that have been a very... I, I was very Elsa. Conceal, don't feel. Conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. Oh, God, stop. Please. Um, How? Number one, never noticed it on the outside. So like... It was very internalized. So what? how did that internalization manifest itself? Like, was this in... Was this something you shared with Mike? Well, yeah, like, because he lived with me, so he he would see it mostly, like, if we were going to go out somewhere, I would literally be in my closet crying because I couldn't figure out what to wear and, like, nothing looked good on me. Or, like, he'd be helping me into Spanx that would literally be cutting off all of my circulation. I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm kind of highly against Spanx. I get it, but I'm also just like... Oh, sweetheart, Spanx are my life right now because now after losing 100 pounds, my skin... Oh, I never even thought about that. That's very true. My thighs look like melted candles when i stand up holy shit yeah it's like i'm having a deja vu moment like saddle like saddlebags like like oh the wrinkles and like did you mention this to me before maybe and like my butt my underwear cuts into my butt and like it used to just be like this happened already we've had this we've had this exact i'm seriously having such crazy deja vu right now i might have mentioned it in passing but like like things have gotten really bad in the last couple of weeks that I've noticed. Like, yeah, I guess in that sense, I I do like I I just don't want women to be uncomfortable in space. Like right now, you can't see this, people, but I am waving my bat flaps that are on the underside of my arms. Yeah, but I'm like this is like this is all skin, sweetheart. Is there anything? How do they recommend dealing with the loose skin? Surgery. So would that be another surgery you'd be? Yeah, but I wouldn't be covered, so I'd pay for it, and it would cost me thirty or forty thousand dollars. Holy fuck! It's plastic surgery. That shit isn't covered. They do cover what they call a panectomy, which would be like if the stomach skin literally became an apron and went down over your pubic area. They would cut it off, but they don't make it pretty, and there's a lot of complications. So I would never get that done. Um, so a lot of women choose to just go straight for a tummy talk. Right. Um, like if I if I had the ability, I would get my arms done. I would have a tummy tuck, and I would get my thighs done. Like the boobs, yeah, they're pancake titties, and they will never be. Did normal. the boobs get affected at all by this? Yeah. Nice. Like if I like uh, like I can just pinch the skin really like easily right now like uh, you see that so did you go down a cup size at all or? yeah it was a double no i went two cup sizes i'm now a d and i was like a triple e so hmm. like i had to go to specialty stores to get it i was like a 44 triple e and now i'm a 38 d but like i was always a big tittied kind of girl oh yeah 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 
so that hasn't changed and like my my body shape is back to like before like at my heaviest i was kind of just kind of round all over because things just had gotten to that point where like i didn't have a body shape but now i'm more like back to my hourglass figure you are and i gotta say i haven't said it yet but you look amazing thank you when you walked in my apartment building i was like very dumbfounded because you see pictures and it's just not the same as seeing someone like you sent me pictures of before and after and i'm just like this is fucking amazing yeah but like see you know you obviously like you pull your shirt up to show it but like when you see someone like in their normal clothes that they wear and like you know you see them in front of you it's just like where did heather go holy shit i hugged you and i was like where's the rest of heather and like when kurt walked in the door he's like i thought you said heather was here and i was standing right in front of him like haha so fucking funny well like kurt made a good point that night because he said he was talking about like just the idea of the fact like we don't see you regularly so obviously this is like from the last time i saw you this is drastic this is like yeah this is 100 pounds it's like half of you in a weird way or like a I guess it would be like a, th- a third. third. A third a of third. you. Um, I'll, be a, I'll literally have lost half of my body weight by the time I'm done. Got you. Yeah. By the time it's... Yeah. And so he said, he's like, so obviously we are reacting like, whoa. Um, but like people who were around you throughout the whole process probably just saw it as really a gradual... Yeah. Lindsay and Brogan, they don't really see it until I show them my before pictures. And they're like, I can't... I don't... I like the way that i looked before they're like i don't see that person like i see the person you are now so it like when they see me from my fat days which i'm not ashamed to call them my fat days one um, thing i love about you by the way i love that you embrace that word yeah and I was, don't give it power i love fatty um so <laughs> you back- were a fatty oh yeah <laughs> i love my cake um so then <laughs> they'd look at the pictures of me back from when i was really fat and they were like that's not you you are this person now and like they like they don't see that instantaneous change so like to for coming here and seeing everybody being like oh my god and like even in pei my in-laws you know like they were just like holy shit you still look like heather it's just an adjustment yeah and i still act like it's not like you're like like you're at a healthy point right now you've lost a bunch of weight you look amazing and also too it's like what i'm just noticed is like you're not out of breath when you're walking around which is fucking great like not like sweating all the time it sucks when you when you have a friend that you want them to and i'm I'm about to get cheesy but like you want them to enjoy life and be happy even with just like everyday things like going out about and like being able to go walk around the mall for an hour or two you know like i would have never been able to do this last year like you would have had to have taken sit down breaks yeah and i would have yeah and now you're like you're walking good i'm crossing my fucking legs you're crossing your fucking legs bitch i could never do that i'm going to be flying back to ottawa this next week and it's going to be the first time that i won't need to request a seatbelt extender and i'm going to i'm going to fit in that that seat of that flight comfortably take a picture of that i will god damn i think so okay going back to the confidence thing because i like to get deep on this show but like the body image issues you had when you were bigger yeah um you were big for a lot of your life oh yeah my dad used my dad had a nickname for me when i was a kid and i'm pretty sure this did not help things my sister my my sister was always taller than me and she was always really thin and i was always a little chunky even as a baby like i had a lot of pudge so my sin my sister used to dad used to call crystal skinny and i used to be fatso 
No, he didn't really like. Honestly, I get. I, I get. It's it's kind of ignorant. It's yeah, ignorance. like it is yeah. ignorance. It's 100%. like how it's like how some family members are obviously a little more racist without realizing that what they're doing is racism you know like or it's people who were homophobic back in the day like honestly he didn't know any better and that's the thing about parents they usually mean well but they can fuck up sometimes yeah so like i always i was always the bigger one and like even with my girlfriend my family too though yeah always with my girlfriends i was the bigger one out of all my girlfriends you know it wasn't until i met like um my high school friends that a bunch of them were uh, had my body shape and were on the bigger end of normal because even now realizing what i was in high school i was normal i was on the bigger end of normal but in high school it was the end of my life because i'm looking at these 120 pound waifs and i'm like why can't i look like you and i'm like 185 pounds and you know a little bit overweight but by no means obese it wasn't it's such engraved in us to just yeah it wasn't until i got to 310 pounds that i was like if I could go back to my 18 year old self and be that size, I would be right. so fucking happy. Right. Like I'm at the size I am now when I was 21, 22. Well, 20, I don't even know when I was this size, but like yeah. before I knew you, I didn't know you quite at this size. No. And like the first I summer, the first summer that I met Mike, I lost a bunch of weight and I was this weight when I came back from, from PEI and the second year at the Mount and everybody was like, Oh my God. Okay. Um, but but yeah, the, the 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 comparing to other women thing. I did a whole confidence episode where I talked about this. It's just it's it's so fucking hard to get away from that. And even when you know, like this past summer, when I felt like I was at my top confidence uh, level, I was still doing it. Yeah. And I, it's just you know, picture time. I was watching um, I Feel Pretty the other day for the second time. I love that movie. I There's wish just, I wish I could like that movie, but I really don't like Amy Schumer. I'm sorry. I know you don't. So. But there's a scene where they're taking pictures as females, like a group of three females taking pictures, and like it made you realize, made me realize like how intense those dynamics are when it comes to be picture time. Yeah, with like say three women that are all different shapes and sizes. Oh yeah, well, and everyone wants to look cute in the picture, so everyone's posing in ways that are flattering to them or trying to. Yeah, but that doesn't always look natural. Yeah, but you're doing it to look cute in the. It's just there's so much psychological. Well, that's stuff like going on there. Friday night with you and me. That's the first full body picture that I took in a long time like aside from the pictures i take in front of my mirror to show my progress like if you look back on my facebook or any of my social media profile it's always from the neck up yeah like i was never going to take photos of my body because i was always so ashamed of it and even now i'm still not comfortable like i'm looking back on that photo of you and me from friday night um you looked awesome but i look at it and i'm like see when we took that picture i felt that you were happy with it and I looked at it and I said, oh, I don't really like, like I liked, it's my stomach area that I'm most insecure about. I know I have a bit of a tummy um, working on it, but like it, I looked at the picture and said, you know, like it's a nice picture. I really like it. I don't like the stomach on me in this picture, but you look fucking great. So you fucking post that picture and tag me. I don't give a shit. I'm proud of you and I'm proud to be standing beside you. But I was looking at it, I was like, I was like, my chest looks great. But from like my chest down, I was like, I don't know if I like it. So like, it's like, even now, like, I know I look 10 times better than I did this time last year, but like, I'm still got confidence issues with my body. And like, like there's, it all boils down to, to like the fact that I have skin issues. Like I was trying on dresses Mm. and like 
unless they go to my knees, I can't wear them because literally you can see the folds of my thighs from from right. losing the weight. Like I, I, I literally could jump down in my underwear right now and show you, but um, we'll just wait till I have some more wine before I do that. Yeah, but like it's I'm such a double edged sword. Yeah, well, and that's fucking they, way. But they warned me before my surgery. They were like, "This won't cure all of your issues. You will Everything. feel great. Health. You will feel healthy." But your body image issues will not go away. In fact, you are going to get a whole new set of them. Well, because you're probably, and I've always thought about this. I've had a couple friends who have been bigger and have lost weight and gained it back or like lost it. And from what I always have understood, sometimes you get used to seeing yourself bigger so that when you see yourself smaller, you're still actually seeing the bigger person in the mirror. That's, yeah, that's some body dysmorphism. But for me, like for me, it's, um, I find when people who are larger, and lose a lot of weight they it ages them they look older to me like they look more like it, it like they, their face just gains like a couple of years but right. it's because they've lost the elasticity in their face and there's excess skin in their face so it just kind of drags everything right. down a little bit. A bit yeah and I'm, i mean i'm 35 years old i'm going to accept the fact that skin is just not my friend anymore and there's no elasticity left you have okay number one the quality of your skin you beautiful skin <sighs> you don't look old at all in fact you look a lot younger but I, and i'm being honest here when i say this thank you but i mentally like when mentally i look at it like i'm not seeing that i'm seeing like cruella Deville a little bit <sighs> you know like that breaks my heart yeah, I I have a lot of issues that I'm working through in my head with it. How are you working through them? That's what I want to know. Because like, I I this is a, sh- a struggle for a lot of people. Basically, I tell myself to just kind of fuck off being a whiny bitch about it because I could be 310 pounds and have blood pressure through the roof and nearly have a heart attack. Right. So I try to put it in the bigger bigger picture. Trying to appreciate what you have in comparison yeah. to others who have it way worse. Yeah. I'm trying to do that and it's it's tough like I'll have my self-pitying moments where yeah. I'm like you know like I hate those moments like my the skin issue but whatever I'm just like so it's the loose skin yeah okay yeah. and the thing is like I can't justify spending that money even I can probably go down to Mexico and get it done more cheaply I could probably go to Toronto and get the, they have a plastic surgery residency school that does it for half price where basically they're they're full form doc they're full fledged doctors mm-hmm. they're specializing plastic surgery and they're in their last rotation of their residency and they go to this clinic and they do six weeks of nonstop plastic surgery and they do it at a discounted price because they're doing it for their final mm-hmm. like practice right so I could get it all done for twenty thousand dollars. But in the same breath, that's $20,000 that I could use to buy a house with my husband. I was just going to say, I feel like this is a pivotal point in your life because you've accomplished something big while there's still challenges with it. Yeah. You're doing it to better your life, but your life isn't just, well, it's a huge part, but it's not just your looks. Yeah. Um, there's so much more that you deserve and that you want in your life. Yeah, like I like want to buy a house, a house, and maybe a family down the road. Yeah, like like well, that's a that's a whole another yeah. can of worms. So like this surgery, apparently, I the plastic ob- surgery. No, the the bypass surgery. I'll believe it if I when it happens, mm. but it increases fertility exponentially mm-hmm. because your fat cells tends to harbor estrogen. So when you're losing all of this fat, your body is flooded with estrogen and like your body is suddenly 
extremely happy because it's getting a lot healthier. So um, there's a really high risk of pregnancy after this. Like even for mm. people like me who have had a history of infertility, like I can't get pregnant as we obviously already know. Um, but like my chances of getting pregnant are twice as high now. So like they were like, you need to use two forms of contraception. And I'm like, um, to not get pregnant so that you can focus on doing that when you're healthier. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. because I'm nutritionally deficient right now, I have to take vitamins every day for the rest of my life. Um, I'm not eating enough calories that would sustain a fetus healthily. So it's when I'm at a more comfortable weight range and my weight is stable. That's when they want you to do it. Now, technically, if I was to get pregnant now, I would be considered high risk. The hospital would follow me and they would take every step yeah. possible to make sure it was possible. There have been women who've had this surgery and literally three weeks or four uh, weeks okay. end up getting so pregnant. So it's just highly not recommended. It's just not recommended. Like Mike and I could start trying in a couple of months. They, they want you to wait 12 to 18 months. But like, I think if Mike and I started trying in a couple of months, we'd be fine and everything would be safe. But... Because when was the last, was the last miscarriage before or after? It was last podcast? summer. It was, it was after this podcast because we talked about it on the podcast. So it was, it happened in August of That's 2017. Right. right. That's right. Ugh, that was just. My Facebook memories came up last over and I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's so true. And- yeah. Sorry. Go well, ahead. no, it happened during our, when my niece was up visiting and I'm here visiting with. Yeah. yeah, not the aquarium, the airplane museum. Oh, yeah, okay. So I was with my niece to yesterday, and we were talking about it, and she's making these movies on her iPhone using the, the movie editor, oh. and she's, like, making these fake uh, movie trailers. Like, Oh, I love her. Know. She needs a YouTube channel now. Oh, she well, she uses TikTok, and she has, she makes, she's got, like, 200 videos on TikTok. So, Whoa, yeah. bitch, yeah, I've been I'll coming. Share, I'll share it with you. Um, anyway, so, so she was showing, and it's all these videos and pictures of her at the airplane museum and these are such happy memories for her and it was like a punch in the gut for me because i'm like yes that was a lovely day i spent half of it in the bathroom miscarrying awesome facebook memories are so fucking psychologically jarring yeah like but what i've started finding really neat is is that people are now sharing their facebook memories as a way to shed light on things so in other words like you thought this was a happy day yeah in reality I do not have my shit together. You know, I like that because I truly feel, and I feel like the fact that you're even just on the show right now talking about all this, you're kind of like this too. Like talking about it, A, helps you get it out. Mm. It's going to help other people who might be going through similar things. It normalizes the fact that life ain't fucking perfect. No. And there's a lot of shit going on behind the fucking scenes that we don't always see. Yep. And so it's so important to like be there for your friends and like tell them you love them. Tell them you're here if you want. they want to listen. Like yep. it's it's like so important. So I think it's cool when people share memories now and they're like, oh, this memory was from a well, shitty time well, like, like, like i like that in a weird way it comes down to like there was a couple of months ago maybe a month six six weeks ago i literally posted on my facebook i was like okay y'all might have noticed that i am not as big as i was right i had surgery i'm not gonna hide this from people yeah like i did not have the willpower to do this without medical intervention but like there were people who were talking and one of my friends back in Ottawa was kind of interested in getting bariatric surgery because mm. they've also experienced difficulty in trying to lose weight the quote unquote normal way because I hate when people say that because this is as normal as any other way. Mm. Um, and like half of their friends 
were like, no, that is the worst mistake you could ever make. And it was just anecdotal like evidence Why that are they saying this? it was like a person of a person that they knew oh, and it's just it's, but it's like mental bias people assume that like oh you you had surgery you took the easy way out you are a lazy like fucking piece of shit and it's essentially like they don't say it in that many words but when you're reading it you're like this is the opinion that i am i am sensing from the uh. statement so i got so irrationally upset and i stood up in my bed in front of my mirror and i was like picture and then yeah. i found my fattest pick and i was like yeah. combo and i was like okay guys i've lost 85 pounds this is why because i had surgery because i could not do this on my own and i needed to have this tool yep. to help me yep and like i am not ashamed of it i will and preach it from the fucking choir it's not a fucking easy way out bitches that's a fucking big time surgery big time recovery big time lifestyle changes you had to fucking be on a liquid diet but for there's, three weeks. I know, like, but there's, there's all people, these other things. There's people who basically say, yeah, you can't eat that because you'll get sick. But people who do it the other way just do it through sheer willpower and oh, mental, like, mental you know motivation. That's ridiculous. You should be very proud of what you've done. Yeah, but I can't help but think like people who... You know, like when they find out that I've had this surgery, like that they're thinking, they're thinking it like this is this is my own insecurities coming through. And like my back kind of is up a little bit. It's like, yeah, I've had bariatric surgery. And then like there's part of me that's like, what you going to say about it? You know, like I kind of want to be like, listen here. But yeah, that's that's so but that's just me. Assu- but that's just me assuming the worst of everybody that people are inherently horrible people. I mean, they kind of are. Yeah. The Internet is a cesspool of assholes yeah yeah and that's so unfortunate i think people need to really stop judging especially people they don't know that well like they don't know your fucking journey with this they don't know that you're doing it you're not just doing it for weight loss you're doing it for your overall health you're doing it for your back you're doing it for your just your happiness like your self-esteem like there's so many factors that go into the fact that you did it yeah and which leads me to my next question because I haven't asked it yet. But like, is this was this covered by insurance? Yes, one hundred percent. You didn't pay a cent for Not, it. Uh, I had to pay for the shakes before my surgery. Okay, two hundred dollars for the three weeks of of Optifast, which is what mm. they use. And I am on the hook for the rest of my life for my vitamins, which I have to take every day because so that's I cost. Yeah, yeah, it's about anywhere between fifty to hundred dollars a month. But that's I think about what I spent in in eating out i'm saving that right four times over so um and even yeah so i take i take bariatric vitamins and i have to take calcium supplements and i might have to take an iron supplement but i have to check my blood work when i get actually back to ottawa but so and it was totally covered by msi or or, not msi they Um, call it in in ontario it's uh, called ohip OHIP, yeah Yeah, so it's covered under ohip would it be covered by msi and like if so nova scotia does do bariatric surgery they don't do the one that i had they offer a gastric sleeve which is a completely different surgery but it essentially does the same thing right i've heard of that it it reduces your stomach by 85 percent, and then it just it's portion control they don't have the food intolerances that i have right so yeah you could do it there's a long wait list i think in nova scotia and you have to pass like you need to be qualifying like go through all these tests you have to be within a certain bmi range you have to go through all these tests you have to make sure like it's the same thing that i did you have to go through all the hoops but you know right it'll will be covered under your insurance like through canadian healthcare. it's crazy yep on if it wasn't like because about 10 years ago i was looking into getting um a lap band in toronto and it was like twenty five thousand dollars, and that's i mean it's it's prohibitive like you just it's you can't afford that just for that so 
once I realized that this surgery was available through OHIP, I was like, sign me the fuck up. So if it's something people are interested in, maybe hopefully this gives people more information on it. Yep. And what I will say is it's tough to cover everything in an episode, but I guess if, if you've heard this and you have specific questions about it, feel free to send them to me and maybe I can get you to answer them. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, because I think it's important to hear... Like it's, I like hearing, like when I had my surgery today, I asked everybody who's gone under for similar things. Like, what was your experience? Like it's, it's good to hear from real people. Yeah. Um, the, the cold hard facts about it. My last question is a doozy. It's a big one. Mm. Um, so, and I wrote it down on my phone today cause we were at brunch and I thought of it. Okay. Um, is the juice worth the squeeze? So you've made a lot of sacrifices. There's a lot of things you can't do anymore that you really enjoyed you used to enjoy doing you know like eating certain foods drinking all that has the juice been worth 100 squeeze 100 i can see that yeah. i can honestly see that i can see that you're you can get frustrated when like you you see a food item that you want and you can't have it but yeah. like it's not a overwhelming but like I'm not. You're you're cool with it. Yeah, but you're the cool thing is, is, like your breakfast routine. <laughs> I want to. My I, breakfast was. I still. Ha- I was able to taste it. I had one bite, and you were, you looked like you had a mini orgasm for. A it was moment. it was delicious. I haven't had hollandaise sauce in months. Now, if I can, if I was the person I was a year ago, I would have continued to try it, and then I would have gotten to the point of no return where I've gotten sick. So right. one taste was enough for me. Um, I'm really learning how to satisfy myself with just little tastes and nibbles, mm. you know. So like, I go out to Costco with yeah. Lindsay, and she orders a poutine. I'll take a forkful and I'll eat it, and I'll be happy. That's how I feel with like sweets and desserts because I don't need a lot. I just need a little taste, and I'm good. Yeah, like so. I'm. It's it's an it's a there's a learning curve and it's a process but i'm learning to be satisfied with a lot less yeah and you're feeling more confident oh yeah even though you, i mean every, you're still gonna have the body image issues yeah like that's gonna that's go all, away that's that's shit that everybody deals with yeah. and i'm, I'm ex- I don't have you ever thought about doing like therapy like to talk about this stuff and the transition fuck no do you honestly think it's something that I don't think will be improved? I don't think it's it's causing any significant issues in my life. This is normal self-esteem issues that every person deals with and it's not like it's not causing me any undue strife. It's not affecting my work, it's not affecting my relationships. Like my sex life has gotten exponentially better. So yeah. like it's not like you're wearing you get Oh yeah, and you get to shop at like stores that have your size now like yeah like I'm, I'm at the higher end of normal end clothes and you know as time goes on it'll get even easier right. but like even just like I, I can shop at eclipse i haven't shopped uh, at eclipse in like 14 years and i think it's important too. like just dip your foot in like don't like look at oh, like like sorry like, i find- laugh because i've discovered now that i'm not shopping at plus stores where like it's one type of of clothing style mm. my aesthetic is like hobo chic and or <laughs> like straight up lesbian the plaid i love plaid and flannel You've always loved plaid but like now i just even oh, more so even more so like even more so so it's what um with this sort of new weight and you know, it's still your your body, but this, I guess, new body. Or um, is there anything that you put on and you feel like, oh fuck yeah, I feel confident and hot as shit. Like, what do you do to really get into like your feeling yourself mood? Like, what do you wear? What's like, what do you feel sexiest in? Ah, uh, honestly, I bought a new pair of boots. 
and I've never been able to wear like calf boots before. So wearing skinny jeans and those boots, every time I put them on, I'm like, God damn. God damn. What about Uh, like, because we were looking at lingerie today. I haven't, I haven't worn any of that yet. I I'm think still, that'll be a fun moment for you. I'm still in, in just, I wear pajama pants and tank tops to bed and whatever. I think but that'll like, be fun for you that when you get but to like, that I point. But like, I have a, I have an 80 pound dog in my bed who, if any bit of hanky panky starts, he gets real interested. So like, there is no spontaneous, I wear lingerie to bed and Mike's like, hello. It's, right. you know, like, that's true. Like, <laughs> like we have to plan it like, hey, Go put Remy down in his crate and then come back upstairs. Wink, wink. <laughs> Does that turn you on, baby? You know, or I'm like, or I'll just, I, honestly, it's at the point now where I'll look at Mike and it won't be at any point where we're leaving the house and I'll say, put Remy in his crate. And Mike's like, yes, okay, I know what you want to do right now. I'm going to go put Remy in his crate. <laughs> so like, that's our trigger word. Go put Remy in his crate is now let's have sex. Let's fuck. Although he's, he's loving the the size change because sex is positions are better yeah yeah like before when we were when we were when i was bigger and he was bigger doggy style like it was a a lot of effort to get it in there because like my ass was just like whoa whoa you know (laughs) and like 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 he's not he's not a porn star so like you know like he's he's of of normal size so like he was like hang on hang on like and he's like trying to get it in and like then it would slip out because like it was just Ugh, you know the logistics yeah and then we tried it for the first time and i think i was like 65 75 pounds down and he just it was like night and day it was like in and then suddenly like it was like oh my i'm what is this sensation talking. i have not felt this in like a decade i'm so jealous i can't believe i have to go six weeks six weeks without the d you'll be fine I went like two years once. I mean, yeah, and I, I've gone longer. I just, I like having the option. Yeah, it's because it's you not can't, it's so because much, you can't have it. You want it even more. Now. Yeah, and it's it, it's just like having the option to, if a situation comes up. Yeah, I understand. But clit stuff is still on the table. There you go. Get somebody to just go downtown on you, and I'll just tell them there's only a small chance that when you go down there, you will experience either blood, coffee grinds, or yellow discharge. Those are the three things that I that are normal to have. Did you say coffee grinds? Something that looks like coffee grinds. So they put like a a band aid on the cervix, oh. like a liquid band aid. Okay, because I was like, that's that's not normal, sweetheart. <laughs> I drink so much coffee that it just comes <laughs> out of your vagina. <laughs> coffee grinds. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm glad for context. Context is king right now. Context is king. But we'll wrap it up. Yes, I want to give a big thank you to you for hopping on again. Thank you for um, having me. I'm s- so incredibly happy for you. And I think Thank you deserve you. every bit of this. I and mean, you need to be soaking it up and fucking rocking it. Yep. And thanks for being real, re- really real about the situation. And I'm, being I'm always really real. Of course you are. That is. But the- like I've said, if you do have spe- specific questions, certainly let me know. Comment, email, whatever. Um, and Heather can answer them. Yeah, I feel like we were pretty haphazard with the conversation. It was kind of all over the place, but we kind of all over the place. But a good overview, yeah, of the emotional and the physical things you went through. Yeah, that's true. And um, and maybe I'll be back once I actually hit my goal, and we can celebrate. And then the title of that episode can be "Goal Weight Attained." Done. Yeah. So thanks so much, Heather. Thank you. We're gonna go see a movie. Yep. Um, Heather's. Oh, I forgot to mention, like you're visiting from Ottawa, so like 
that's why she's here. <laughs> yes, I'm on vacation. Um, and so you're leaving on Monday, so we're gonna we're gonna hang out tomorrow night too, and I'll be able to drink then. Woo! Yep. Go and get drunk and celebrate the fact that my vagina is officially fixed. So there we go. Not that it was broken before. Well, I guess it was kind of maybe iffy. a little broken. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sarah. <laughs> there it is. Say it again. Jesus Christ, Sarah. Say it a little, give a little more passion. Jesus Christ, Sarah. That's the one I wanted. And Heather, ring that bell. Nice. Woo-hoo. You're now a regular. Yes. You've done more than one episode. You are a regular. All right.